She was described as a little, poor, insignificant old woman, but her courage and sacrifice saved countless lives and possibly the cause of the American Revolution. You know, as we celebrate our country, we remember major battles and the huge obstacles that were overcome. Lives were given, taken, and sacrificed. There are stories that we remember, but there's even more stories that are unknown. Surely, one of these stories is the story of Lydia Barrington Dara. And with this episode, we're going to tell just a little bit about her story because turns out. She wasn't so insignificant. With this podcast episode, we're going to continue in our destination series this week, talking specifically about being selfish or sacrificial. Hi, my name is Tasha Williams. I'm going to cue the intro and be right back to tell you Lydia's story. In a world filled with a lot of talk, the Family Disciple Me Ministry encourages intentional. Meaningful biblical conversations with those God has entrusted to us. In these drastically changing times, join us as we discuss the eternal truths of God's word and relevant topics, as well as how to engage the next generation about these. It's true, discipleship starts with a conversation. So let's jump into a conversation starter right now. The amazing, sacrificial American patriot I want to tell you about today wasn't born in America. She was born in Ireland, the youngest child of six children born to John and Mary Barrington. They named their daughter Lydia, and she grew up in that family that was part of the religious society of Friends, otherwise known as Quakers, there in Ireland. In 1753, Lydia married a pastor's son named John Dara. He was a fellow Quaker, and he was a teacher. And within a few years of their marriage, they had immigrated to the American colonies. The couple settled in Philadelphia and had nine children, five of whom survived to adulthood. Well, as all this was happening in their personal lives, the American Revolutionary War was underway, and that's when circumstances in their lives began to swirl in such a way that they had to make a decision as a couple, and certainly Lydia had to make a decision as a person of whether she was going to keep within the confines of her own life and herself, and even selfishness, or. If she was going to be sacrificial, as a devout Quaker woman, I'm sure that Lydia was well acquainted with the verses that turns out are our memory verses this week. Philippians two, three, and four says, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves." Verse four says, "Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also." To the interest of others, and how would this play out in Lydia's life? Well, as God would have it, that fall of 1777, the general for the British Army, General William Howe, took up residence right across the street from where Lydia and her husband John were living. 
because of the imminent danger that their family was in because of the occupying forces, the Daras sent their younger children away to live with someone else. But they stayed in their home across the street from General Howe. And then at some point, he decided that he wanted to use their home for some of his officers. The Daras protested, saying they didn't have anywhere else to go, didn't have anywhere else to live, and they requested that they be allowed to at least stay in a part of the house. As they were making this petition, this plea to be able to stay in their house, Lydia was out and about somewhere in the city when she met one of Howell's officers and found out that his last name was Barrington, which was interesting because, if you remember, Her maiden name was Barrington. Well, as they continued in conversation, she realized that that officer Barrington was actually from Ireland, just like she was, and that, in fact, they were distant cousins. So with that rapport, that officer went back to General Howe and said, let the couple stay in the house. They're relatives, and besides, they're harmless. They're Quakers. Everybody knows that Quakers are pacifist. With that, General Howe didn't feel that Lydia and John were a threat, so he let them stay in the house, occupying certain portions of the house. And when his officers would come over for a meeting in the house, they would make sure that Lydia and John were upstairs, asleep in their bedrooms, or out of the way. What they did not take into account was that little, poor, insignificant-looking old woman was actually quite clever. And even though she was a Quaker, even though she was supposed to be a pacifist when it came to a war, there was something about the fight for freedom that made something rise up within her to be sacrificial. And so she began listening. Surreptitiously, when the officers would make comments, when they would say things, when they would have conversations, she would be listening in, and they never suspected that she was doing so. On December 2nd, 1777, Lydia received a request that she and her husband, her family members, were to go to bed early. She was told that they were to stay in their quarters and they were not to listen. They were to stay asleep because the officers were coming over to have discussions. Well, she pretended to be asleep, but instead she listened through the door. She made note, mental note, physical note, I'm not sure which way, but eventually One of the officers came and knocked on the door, and she delayed in answering it to make him think that she had been sleeping the whole time. But no, she had not been sleeping that night, and what she had heard had the potential to change history. I think it would be so interesting to know her internal thoughts that she was processing that night, because she knew that what lay before her were two destinations— She could keep silent and protect her life and her family, or she could go the route of courage and sacrifice. You see, the night before, she had heard the British officers discussing a plan for a surprise attack on General Washington and the Continental Army at White Marsh. They would catch them completely off guard, and it was a brilliant plan, except that Lydia had overheard. And she knew that what she had heard had the potential to change everything. 
So upon the next morning, she concocted a plan. She got a pass, permission basically, to leave the perimeters of the city and cross the enemy line to go get flour or food for her family. History isn't entirely clear, but it seems that she wrote the message on a tiny piece of paper and scrolled it up, and then she put that tiny scroll of paper inside a larger sort of fabric pouch that was inconspicuous. She set out to get her flower, nobody suspecting that this little old unimpressive woman was secretly getting ready to betray the British army. Eventually, she found an American officer named Colonel Craig, and she told him about the impending attack that she had heard about. And she gave him that little fabric pouch and told him to take that message to General Washington. And with all of that delivered, then she turned around, went back, got her flower, and went home. With that information, General Washington was able to prepare his troops so that when General Howe's British army arrived, they found that Washington's army was entirely prepared for them, and actually a battle was completely averted at that point because of Lydia Dara's message, sacrifice, and courage. I do wonder how many of us would have done the same thing in her situation. You see, as a Quaker in that particular war, in that particular era, she had a pass. She could have flown beneath the radar and been completely safe, if not a little bit uncomfortable. But she chose to go the harder route. She chose to go the more difficult way because she had a calling. She had a purpose. You know, later, somebody named Elias Bodenot wrote in, quote, the Journal of the Events of the Revolution. He said that she was a little, poor-looking, insignificant old woman. And yet, she used everything that she had to stand up for what I assume, as a Quaker, she believed God had called her to do. She was willing to sacrifice everything for the cause of freedom. Which brings me to us. You know, our lives are built on the sacrifices of others. Certainly, we can start with the Revolutionary War as far as us having the freedoms in this country, the privilege to live here, the opportunities and the blessings of this country. We can talk through every war that has been fought since then, where our freedoms were defended and our liberties were purchased with the price of blood. We can talk about the countless lives that have sacrificed in order to give us the rights and the opportunities that we have now. We can go to even more recent personal events where our mothers sacrificed to bear us in their bodies for nine months before we were born. And then once we were born, somebody had to hold us feed us, change us, take care of us. And then everywhere along the way, there have been teachers and doctors and farmers and police officers and countless others who sacrificed in order to make our lives better. As we come to this particular conversation in the Destination series, we're talking about the destinations of being selfish or sacrificial. 
And as we have these strategic conversations with those entrusted to us, be they the little ones or the elementary kids or the teenagers or even the young adults, it's so important that we impress upon them that even though now we live in a me. First, society. Scripture tells us to consider other people more important than ourselves, just like so many other people made us more important than themselves. We honor the patriots of our country. We honor the true heroes who have not just looked out for themselves, but have looked out for others. But then, from there, we spring forward into our own lives, and we talk to our kids about living that way ourselves. There are two opposite destinations. The destination of selfishness leads to putting ourselves first, to taking care of our needs before anybody else, to count ourselves better than everybody else. But the opposite path, the path of sacrifice, asks the question: Who is it? That God wants me to serve today. Is there a way that God wants me to sacrifice for someone else right now? Is there somebody that I need to help in Jesus' name? Jesus said, "Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends." True heroes are those people who sacrificially, courageously put others first. I really believe that's what Lydia did. She put others first: the future of her children, the future of her neighbors, the future of our country, and the people of our country. And we stand on shoulders like hers and so many others who sacrificed so that we could have the freedoms we enjoy. In studying Lydia's story, I think it was pretty fun that they didn't see her coming. I love that, and I think that in some way that can be true in our lives too. Doesn't matter what we look like, doesn't matter our station in life, doesn't matter what other people think of us. It doesn't matter whether we're wealthy or poor or rich or talented or not. We have the ability to sacrifice. To live for something more than ourselves, and certainly not just as Americans, but as Christians, this is true. So, friends, let's remember this ourselves, and let's teach this to the next generation. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others better than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Thank you for joining me in this podcast, friend. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His countenance toward you, and as you sacrifice and serve in His name, may He give you peace. Go with God.